Yay, yay, yeah. And, and Jared was down at your church for about four or five years, and that's where um, Jared and Ro were married. And so Ian's been a real father figure in both Rowena and Jared's world. And so he's got an amazing heart, and you guys are really going to enjoy what he has to say to us this morning. Let's just give him, stand to our feet, let's just give him a, a, a hand. We just, yeah, great to have you with us, Ian. Awesome. Wow. Well, you can take your seats and uh, just uh, tell the person next to them they're the best looking person you've seen in church all week. <laughs> it would be great to do that. It's uh, fabulous. It's, it, is, it is fabulous to be here. Um, I, I just met, um, uh, there's a great gal in our congregation down south, uh, Rachel Diprose, and I just met her, her granddad and her grandma this morning, so uh, great to have you guys uh, here as well. I've already got a message from her because uh, I sent your photographs, and uh, and so I, I've, apparently I've just met legends. <laughs> so there you go. So that's that's pretty cool. So there we go. So yeah, give them a hand. Um, uh, we do a lot of hand clapping in our church because I think that you know you just honour people all the time, honour up, honour down, honour all, all around. And uh, that's, that's the deal, you know, like, and it doesn't matter if they're little or they're big or whatever. Um, and so uh, who was here over the weekend? Um, all the, all the, some of the young people there, that was great, great time. So um, just really quickly, my name's Ian, and, uh, am I, and I'm in my 60, 40, 30 year, uh, which means my wife and I just turned 60 years old, uh, and uh, we've been 30 years in full-time ministry, and we've been 40 years married this year. And so that's a bit of a celebration, eh? And, um, and I've got three wonderful boys. Uh, they're really good-looking guys. I always say they get, get their good looks from their mother, cause, um, or from me, actually, because their mother's still got her looks. Um, and, uh, but uh, they're, uh, they're all taken now. I used to sell them in meetings. You know, $30 a month, um, you can buy one of my sons, and you can take them home. And I actually was preaching in a great big church in Auckland, and, uh, and a couple, I had one of my sons on the front row, and uh, he just dies every time I do that. And, uh, but anyway, uh, a couple of big Tongan girls wanted to take him home with them after the service. And, and I look around to find and introduce him. He was gone. I can tell you, he was just ta he'd taken off. So, uh, and it was great leading these, these guys. I met these guys last night, Lynn and Peter. You know them really, really well. Um, but I've only heard about them. I met Lynn once in a class I was doing. And, uh, but you guys are great. And I just so appreciated you. And um, I don't know if you travel much. Do you travel much? You need to travel. So uh, just, yeah, yeah, over travel. I don't know if you're over travel. You're obviously married. You're holding hands a lot. I saw that all through the service. That's great. So that's covered. Um, but I just had that, had, that, um, had that whole deal this morning going off in my life. This is prophecy. I don't prophesy like other people. I just talk. Um, and so, uh, uh, you know, yay, verily, yay, yippee-ki-yay. Um, you know, just uh, if you want that, add that in. But, um, but generally, I just, I just saw you traveling and, and just speaking and, and um, um People tell me you're a teacher, but I kept on telling them you're a prophet. So, um, you know, you just need to pull that thing out again. And, uh, Lynn, you need to prophesy uh, because you've, you've got people that just really, you know, just love to hear the word of the Lord. And you've got it for them, and it's very accurate, you know, because you're very specific. The teaching gift will give power to that. Um, but, um, really, that download that God's going to give you, it's going to be astonishing. You know, she's a great gal. I can see why you married her. How many years? Forty. Just beaten me, eh? They, they were good years, though, weren't they? Remember those years? <laughs> oh, great. It's fabulous. How are you guys on this side? I don't want to ignore you. You're all right? You're all right? You're, you're the beautiful crowd. <laughs> you're okay, too, but you're really nice looking. 
you're, yeah, you're okay too. It's, <laughs> I, I was getting a cup of tea yesterday, and, and this guy, he's English, so I always find English people because they always make great cups of tea. And then he gave me Earl Grey. Shush. <laughs> so I'm, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm married, obviously, and uh, uh, all of that kind of stuff. Born and bred in Invercargill. Had elocution lessons so I could leave, and otherwise you wouldn't understand me at all. Um, my mother's 92. You can hardly understand her. She sounds like a, you know, oh, that'd be right, sir. You know, that's a, not quite, but with a Southern accent. She rolls her R's quite a bit. I used to do some broadcasting, so that knocked a whole lot of things out of me as well. So um, there we go. Um, so I've got, a, I've got a face for radio rather than television, so that's always good to um, um, do it that way. What else can I tell you about me? I've got three boys, Andrew, Jonathan and Simon, AJS, um, and they're all uh, producing grandchildren, which is really nice. And, um, and yeah, there we go. I've been pastoring, as I said, for 30 years. Been in Invercargill for 25 of those years, and, uh, and so that's really good. And, and again, I speak the language so people understand me. I don't need subtitles or anything like that, so that's good. So you're okay? Wave at me if you're okay. You're all looking a bit like you're not okay. You, you, smile. It won't hurt you. There you go. Look at that. That's lovely. Um, you don't know what you have in this church. Can I just say that? You don't know what you have. You have an environment or, a, or, a, or an incubator in this church that is absolutely astonishing. I get to travel everywhere. And um, you, you've got to know, and, and I appreciate that if you have steak every day, uh, when someone serves it up again in a different style, you'll just go, at steak. But people who don't get steak every day, um, you know, they... <laughs> They get this and they go, oh my goodness, this is filet mignon stuffed with oysters. This is unbelievable. Wrapped in bacon. Everything tastes better with bacon. <laughs> oh, now there you are, hey? What a bunch of carnivores. There we go. It's like, hey, this is not the synagogue after all. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, that whole deal, you know, it's like, um, is, 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 is really true. And so you've got this great incubator here. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm prophesying. Yippee ki and um, and so uh, that this this place here is a nest. It's a it's a it's a it's an incubator. And I was in worship this morning. I thought we would have been happy if we just called quits on the service and went home, because if you didn't get what you got out of the presence of God, then it's no use me chatting on for a while. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, I really mean that. I really mean that. There are a lot of places I go, and I go, please quit now. You know, that's to the musicians. And, uh, you know, because Joff and I have to dig services up, you know, before I get to the thing. But here, I just like, I'm just enjoying this wonderful anointing that you've got in this place. And, and please don't despise it. You know, I'm sitting here going, you know, some people, um, I, I've got a feeling that some of you probably get this week after week after week and going, oh, it's just church. Trust me, it's not. This, this, this presence is, is unreal. This is how bad it is. A friend of mine was ministering in uh, Switzerland, and, um, and, uh, and so he was there, and uh, he, he was doing much more like I was doing, just introducing himself and da, da 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 And he said, oh, we had some kids come the other day at church, and it was really nice just trying to connect with the people, particularly Swiss people are very difficult to connect with. You know, they've got that zen-like expression, and you can hear their clocks ticking silently. And, um, and uh, they're, just, uh, they're just there, you know. And, um, and so he's sharing a little bit how, how um, these kids came to the altar, and the power of God touched them, they gave their hearts to Christ, and then they, and then they started to weep, you know. And like that, and the place was shocked. And uh, and uh, they, he said oh, about salvation. You know, I had salvation. People would cry. Why would they cry? They said oh, they cried because the presence of God touched their lives. 
and um, you know, it, it just they they began to weep and and um, all of those kind of things. They had never heard of that. Now you you got to understand what we take for granted as like filet mignon services. That you you've got to understand that that's not true for the majority of Christians that live in the world today. They live under terrible situations, you know. And there's like over 150 to 250 thousand Christians being martyred every year. And, 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 you know, when we take worship for granted, it's not going to be forever. Like, we, we need to understand that. And so, you know, I, I haven't come to depress you. Please don't be depressed about this. It's like, you have got something really crazy good here. And, and so, you know, I just, I just really want to honor that and, uh, and honor you musicians because, um, you know, the prophet in the Old Testament said he called for a musician. And when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. So musicians just aren't playing lift music. They're playing something that will bring you into the presence of God. And you, if you want to catch that wave, yeah, I'm not any musician though. I don't care. Don't give a rip. Don't be an idiot. Just begin to get on that wave and be able to just reach into the presence of God and touch something. That's good, eh? Smile if you love me. There you go. Oh, some of you do, some of you don't. That's fine. That's awesome. So uh, there we go. I want you to turn... Oh, actually, before I do that... Um, uh, I, I, there's a great scripture. This is part of my like quiet time and 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 uh, journaling and stuff like that. And I've been reading through in Colossians, and uh, it, it's amazing, you know. So I've just just you know I like I love this. For you died, and your life, your real life is hidden with Christ and God, which is great. I, I'm really I'm really um, kind of happy to talk about people knowing Christ within us. You know, Christ within us, the hope of glory, and the only hope of God getting glory out of us is Christ in us. That's the addition that I you know, do that, because often, many times, we don't, we forget, we, we often think because we go to church, we have to do things to please God, you know, I have to jump higher, I have to do something else, I pray longer, I, you know, all of those kind of things, so even, even mention quiet times, half of you are now feeling guilty because you didn't do one this morning, and um, more than half, okay. <laughs> Oh, none of you did. Well. All right. <laughs> so this is like whatever. And, uh, but but you there's guilt attached to all of that. And yet Jesus is just so incredibly pleased with you. You know, he's like when I see my grandkids, they don't have to do anything. I'm just like, I love them. And I just take them up and nibble on them. You know, they're just lovely. And, uh, and, and so you, you, that, that's what God thinks. He thinks, thinks you're the best thing since sliced bread. And so he put his glory in you. When you gave your life to Christ, there was something that you became Indiana Jones's lost ark. Okay, who saw that movie? Oh, there you go. Okay, so he, he because the, the, the Ark of the Covenant really contained the presence of God. And so he, God, God said, I want to put, you know, I don't want to be with you. He said, I'm going away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to send another comforter, uh, uh, another friend, a paraclete. I was telling the kids about this yesterday. The paraclete means like parallel. You know, someone who walks alongside of you, a friend. He said, I will not leave you orphans. There's some CDs, maybe, I don't know, out there. That, and there's a message I do, Father, Sons, and Orphans. Because, because you know, God never wants to leave us alone. Uh, and he, he, he puts us in a situation. And it puts us in a place uh, where, where he comes, becomes our father. And uh, he loves us as a father. It's really amazing. And yet, when I mention that word, many of you have... You, you overlay your own father on top of God, and that's common. I mean, look at Michelangelo. You know, he, you know have you seen his impression of God? <laughs> you Google it when you go home. Uh, if, you have, or if you know a teenager, you know, by their Google or whatever. And, and just, but, but Google, you know, God and, and Michelangelo, and you get this picture of him, you know, with great big thighs like a front rower. 
and um, you know, you know, and uh, and he's got a he's got this kind of loincloth thing that that's flowing off him, and he's got this hairy beard and and eyebrows like he has never heard of personal grooming, like he is like like just you know, there's probably stuff coming out of his ears as well. It's just like you know, and the wind sweeping through his. I can't do windswept and interesting. I just don't have that. It's just, but he he's there with all of that, and, and his eyes are like fire. You know, he's like looking down, and this is Michelangelo's you know impression of what God is like and, and, and I'm, I look at that and, and people go oh well that's amazing art I went he had a really dodgy father <laughs> like his, his father was angry all the time and, and what happens is that we begin to overlay that my, my wife Dale is just amazing and, um, and trust me she makes me look good and, and, but she came from an incredibly broken background, you know, violent, alcoholic, um, you know, in, you, just the whole thing, just sexual stuff going on all the time. I mean, I, you know, people are still alive, and so I can't tell the whole story out loud on tape, but it's just, uh, it's just an astonishing thing. Uh, and God spoke to her when she was three years old, when her cot was being broken up for firewood, and, and he said this to her. She said, I remember this so clearly, even as a three-year-old, uh, and she said, I didn't even know it was God because I didn't know God. But who knows that God's working on you before you, you, you think, you know, it's like, you know, cause we're like, oh, I've just found God. Mm, no, he wasn't lost. <laughs> I just want to lift him up. You know, I just want to lift God up. He says, trust me, he is lifted up already. I'm going to make him Lord. No, he was Lord before you made him Lord. It's all right. It's okay. It's just like, and so we just come into that zone, you know. And so God spoke to this three-year-old and said this, it's going to be all right. And it was anything but all right. But in the midst of that journey that Dale had right through school and from, from the time she started being abused sexually and, and her mother hiding money in the lining of, of curtains and just because they were so poor, you know, and uh, they just doing all of those kind of things. And when she, right through um, up into her early teenage years, this incredible abuse and violence perpetrated on her and, and members of her family and all of those kind of things. And so when she found God, she loved Jesus but hated the Father. I bought her home to my home. I came from goody two-shoes background. And, um, you know, I had everything I wanted. I was brought up in a Christian home. I woke up in church. My, I think my mum had me, you know, in church. Um, I was just like one of those things. My first recollection, recollection was actually being in church. In fact, I'd go to church, and then I'd wake up on my bed at home, and I'd lie in my bed at home. I can still remember this as a little boy, going, how did I get here? It's like magic. And, uh, and so uh, that was my background. And so when Dale came into my home and I brought her home to my dad, my dad just embraced her because he'd never, you know, he just goes, finally, he's got uh, a girl that looks stable. And, um, and so he, 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 uh, uh, he, he embraced her and he said it was like hugging a concrete power pole because she just like, this, what's he going to do? This is, this is a father. So we have to come to a point of understanding that, you know, that, that this incredible Father's love for us is not based on your earthly father. And there has to be a whole bunch of stuff that, and it's, and it's not desperate, it's just, and worship helps us with that because we say, Father, you know, I'm, I, I want to come and climb up on your lap again and know the fondness that you have for me. And, uh, and often there's points of forgiveness. Now, she forgave her father, and he was a terrible man. And, 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 and to this point, this is how she did it at some point. Not only did she forgive him and confront all of those things, which really tossed a spanner in the works for the family, but she changed her name. She was born Dale and is still Dale, but she was born D-A-L-E, Dale. 
but she is now has her name changed. Do you know how much it costs to put one letter in a name legally? It's a lot of money. And I have a friend who's a lawyer who gave me a good rate. Uh, but she is now D-A-Y-L-E because she wanted to put the name of God. The best thing she could think of was Yahweh. And so she took the Hebrew um, uh, if you like, uh, uh, letter, if you like, that would signify that and stuck it in the middle of her name because she said, this is a memorial stone that I am now forever changed. And when she ministers, you can't believe, even her family, they go, they go, you, I remember getting off a plane once and they looked at her and, and she was unrecognizable to her family because God had removed so much junk from her, from her life. That's pretty cool father stuff, eh? So uh, anyway, uh, that's just uh, kind of an additive for, for all of that. And when I read these kind of things, and, and, and think, it, it just talks about our new life. You have died and, uh, with Christ, and he set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. Isn't that awesome? Thank you for that underwhelming response. <laughs> it is awesome. <laughs> we, yeah, we go in our head, because, and, the, and the, the underwhelming response is there because it's not reality in our life. Because otherwise you'd be standing on your seats cheering. And the interesting thing is that whilst we get saved, we, we never come to a point of actually growing up in God and understanding that actually he's not lying to us, he's loving us. And, and as we walk through the valleys of the shadow of whatever death that you are going through, he said, I'm going to be with you. He said, I'll provide a table for you in the presence of your enemies. And whatever enemies you've got at the moment that keep you from the presence of God, he is providing a banquet for you in the midst of all of that. And I, I, I love that. And, uh, and that's amazing. And then it, it goes on here. I love how Paul writes. He's just so real. Uh, he goes, don't lie to each other. And, you know, you've stripped off your old sinful nature with all its wicked deeds. Put on a new nature. He said, just put it on. You, you put on clothes this morning, which all of us are incredibly grateful for. And, 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 and yet we also need to clothe ourselves with, you know, kind of the, all of that, that Jesus has for us. You know, we, and there's clothing throughout the Bible. You know, he gives us, you know, the turban of righteousness and all of those kind of things. You know, teach, Lynn would be able to teach this really, really well. And she's probably going, yeah, you've missed a whole bunch of stuff already. But I'm just like, there is clothing in all of that. He gives us armor to fight with, you know. Like, and, uh, and, and you know, it's like the sun that comes, you know, who runs away. You know, it's the prodigal son story. It's not the prodigal son story. It's the, it's the, it's the father's story. It's, it's never about the son. It's always about the father. And, and, uh, and it was always written, uh, you know, in, in a Jewish idiom, it was always about the father. Because when the father ran to meet the son, no Jewish father ever ran to meet anybody. He sat. Especially a landowner. People came to him. He was this guy looking down the road. That is the picture that Michelangelo should have picked of God, a God that would run towards his kids and just love them so incredibly much. And so I'm on a mission, you know, like I, I, I'm on a mission. I feel like one of the Blues Brothers. I, I really am on a mission. So everywhere I go is just kind of talk about this whole kind of area where we can embrace God's love again in our lives. I mean, I mean check this out. He goes, this is new life. Said, the, oh, this is new life, isn't it? That's right. That's, that's right. This Paul's writing to you guys. He says, this is new life. It doesn't matter whether you're a Jew or a Gentile. Some of you aren't sure. You think you're just New Zealanders. All right. Um, so that's fine. Um, circum, uh, circumcised. Um, 
um, uncircumcised, let's skip over this bit, eh? it's kind of like awkward, and uh, you know, um, and um, barbaric, any barbaric people here? Thank you. There's always one. It's, always, it's awesome. And they're always youth. And then someone just pointed out someone else. That's awesome. I love that. Um, any uncivilized people here? Yeah, that is, the back row is completely out of control, I'm telling you. It's awesome. I love the back row. I'm going to move my pulpit to the back row. I love it. It's very, very cool out there. There's, any slaves here? Anybody got a mortgage? <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. There we go. Anybody, anybody free? Anybody paid off their mortgage? <laughs> so look at those things. And so, so it goes here. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. And so this, this incredible God that we have, you know, is never... just pushed the wrong button. I'm sorry. I'm so did you catch all of that on tape? Too bad. <laughs> and 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 so this this incredible God that we have is is just is just is just leaking out of us. Uh, I, I used prophetically yesterday with the young people the fact that Gideon, the story of Gideon is astonishing because what happens was that Gideon's army was reduced to, you know, from from multiple thousands to three hundred men without weapons. And so what happened is they gave them a pitcher, uh, which is a jar, a clay jar, and then they gave them a flaming torch and then said, hide the torch. And then the simile that's brought into 2 Corinthians, it says that, and Paul writes this, and he says, you know, you have this treasure within an earthen vessel. And he talks about, it's the, the whole, and Jewish people understood this because they knew that he was always referring back because the, the old, uh, you know, the, the new is in the old concealed and the new is in the old revealed. And so there's a concert, if you like, of things going back and forth. I'll show you that as we close in a few moments. And uh, all the people looked hopeful then. It's like, I love that. You know, we'll close in a few moments. But it's just, and it's true. Um, I, don't, I don't speak long because I appreciate that people have got a whole bunch of things to do. But I'm trying to get as much information and as much heart, if you like, uh, to you at the moment. Because information won't stick, but revelation will take you um, on an amazing journey. And, 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 so, and so we've got this fragile vessel. We, we look in the mirror as we get older. We, we try to you know, try to shape ourselves, go to the gym, do all kinds of things, but we recognize there's a fragility about our life that when we hold God within us, it's incredible. How can he live in us? And so we always look outside of ourselves that we might bring him down into our environment. And Jesus said, it's good that I go away because I'm going to send you someone else who is not going to just be with you. He is going to be in you. And that's the God that I love. Because I was always seeking him out there. I was always seeking another fresh experience. I was always doing all that. Now, I love all of those kind of things. You know, In fact, I think children's church, and Jared and I have talked about this a little bit as well, but I understand this, that if children have an experience of God rather than a flannel board, then they will be able to make sense of the stories on the flannel board because they'll have some kind of pivotal point 
of information in the Word to go back to. But what we've done for years is we've begin, given information. I was in a situation in, uh, with my old youth pastor, a guy called Lyle Penasula, who's a crazy guy. And, uh, and he's now church planting up in the North Island. And I was up there initially with him for 10 days and we were praying for people and prophesying and all kinds of things. We saw salvations and it was really great. But one particular night in Napier, we are at this church that had been there for like 80 years or 70 years or something or other. And, um, and some of the original people were of the church planting was still in there and they came along in the evening and we started praying for people with word of knowledge and the prophetic and the power of God was being released but what we did is we taught the children first and we gave them an experience in the power of God we just saw how they just begin to uh, take on the presence of God and that and then we said why don't you just pray for this person and the power of God hit that person and they were they, they started to cry and uh, and some people you know stand some people fall some it doesn't really matter a rip they get a connection from God and so we taught them in about seven minutes how to realize the power of God in themselves and to release it to others because they are spirit people when you give your life to Jesus an old couple came up to me after and says we've been in this church for 40 years and if they had taught us that when we were younger we would have been able to operate in the power of God that we've always longed for so experience is great so never run away from an experience in God because it makes the context of Scripture incredibly powerful because when you read the Bible, it doesn't become just words for you, but it becomes fuel for the experience. Mm. And, and so this great treasure that we have in this earthen vessel. And so Gideon's story was that at the, at the time when the Midianites were, were down there encamped and they 300 guys surrounded them, God says, when I tell you to shout, shout. And so he shout, they shouted at a time and then they broke the jars and the light flared out. And, and, and then we go back into, into Corinthians again. And, and Paul says, uh, you know, we have this treasure, this fire, this, this, this presence of God, this kingdom within us. The kingdom is not out there. It's in there. It's in us. And we have this kingdom. And everywhere we go, we're representative of Jesus. I just challenged our church last week. It says, this week, I want you to tell your friends and your family and your neighbors, if you want to follow Jesus, just look at my life and follow my life. Paul said that, imitate Christ as, 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 as I imitate him. And, and so we live that, that, that life. And, and then all of us freak out because we go, well, I, you, you don't know my life. Mm. Well, I know, I know humanity. I've been a pastor for a long time. You know, I woke up in church. <laughs> so I've seen it come and I've seen it go and I've seen it come again go again and come again you know trust me I've been through moves of God I was born uh, born up as a conservative evangelical that believed in God the father the son and what's his name and and now I'm a you know tongues talking prophesying Pentecostal but the first person I ever heard speak in tongues was me I'd never heard it before so I'd never said supercalifragilisticexpialidocious backwards Docious Ali Expiastic Fredgy Kelly Rupus. So I never did that. I, I didn't do the ba 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 banana thing, whatever, or you know, or you know, hit my shin and then talk about my knee. Oh, my shin and my knee, my shin and my knee, and uh, just you know, all that. I didn't go, you know, got a got a Honda, should have bought a Yamaha. Didn't all of that stuff. Just like that, I didn't know any of that stuff. I'd never been in a meeting like that before. I just come from an incredibly uh, exclusive conservative, um, legalistic, very religious, 
very cloistered, if you want to use all of those things. You, you, just, you just, you know, make all the similes you want, but they, all, all of those things. I came from that and into this place where a guy prayed for me, and I had an experience in God that within 30 seconds changed my life. And I start, when I started to speak in tongues, I didn't even know what it was, and they had to explain it to me. They said, oh, that's tongues. And, and so uh, then it took them an hour and a half to shut me up because I just had a new toy. And then as I was saying to the kids the other night, uh, on, the, on the first night, when I went to work the next day, I didn't know if it would go off or ever come again until I had that feeling, and it went off. And I had to go to the toilet so it would go off in private rather than go off at, a, at, a, at an open plan office where I was working. And I had to go up and down the stairs all day to the toilet, and I got sent home at lunchtime because they thought I had a tummy bug. And, and, and it wasn't until three weeks after that where the guy caught up with me again and says, no, 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 you can do it if you want to, and you, can, you don't have to do it at all. And I went, why would you want to stop? I remember that. You know, like, and I meet people today you know, who are Pentecostals for years, and I go, oh, do you speak in tongues? And they went, oh, I used to. And I go, oh, you're like Derek Prince's description. You're a trunkless elephant. Anyway. God is so kind. He is just the kindest person that you've ever met. He really is kind. He's not like you think he is. Surprisingly, he is just not. C.S. Lewis, if you ever read anything like that, C.S. Lewis was constantly writing about the kindness of God and the surprises of who he was. But, but Jesus did something else. Did you know that Jesus was a rabbi? It's really funny because a lot of people go, no, he, I don't think he was a rabbi. He was. He was Jewish as well. Do you know that? Yeah, it's really interesting. So, so the book that we have has been written ostensibly to Jewish believers. And then we were grafted in. And, and you know, you probably know that if you've been around long. So, so we, we kind of come along at a late stage. But the early church was very Jewish in its traditions. And then Romans came along and changed a lot of that and, and changed a whole bunch of stuff around. And I'm not indicating, look, please hear me when I'm saying this. I'm, I'm not an Israelphile. Um, and so I'm not trying to get you back into wearing, you know, whatever you're wearing, blowing shofars and all that. If you want to do that in the privacy of your own home away from me, please do that. It's really cool. I was sitting on the front row and a guy had a shofar once and I never saw it. And he was right behind me and I was just getting lost in worship and he suddenly... I became unsaved for a few moments. So I just got to got to say, you know, it's just like it's so funny. But there's a there's a great story in Luke, and um, and do you mind if I just I just relay this to you for you really really quickly because I think it'll help you with 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 who God is. Um, who who by the way just just as a preamble, uh, who feels holy most of the time? Who feels like really like I really feel holy and uh, righteous and that all the time? Who feels that all the time? Okay, so who feels? Um, not worthy or unrighteous or unhappy about that sometimes. I'm only you're in church. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's okay. Yep, good. Yeah, it's hard to put your hand up in the middle because you'll know the people in the back will see you, and I understand that. So um, that's always freaky. So if you wink at me. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yep, yeah. So but most people, you know, it's amazing, feel uh, unholy or unrighteous most of the time, but they never feel holy. And yet we have a holy God living in us. It's, it's bizarre, eh? 
So he is our righteousness, he's a treasure, all of those kind of things. This, this, this will help you. So what happened with Jesus? He, he's just on his way, uh, and, um, and he'd been seeing some great things. He'd seen a guy, um, he'd cast out the, the, the thousand demons. You know, remember that, that guy? Um, and so he'd come over by boat, and, uh, and they, there was a cemetery um, where this guy lived. And, um, and he got on, and he stepped out of the boat. And it was like the very moment that Jesus' foot stepped out. Um, you know, there, there was this ripple went through a uh, supernatural environment, you know. And this, this, this demoniac, this, this guy full of demons, just knew immediately. And, uh, you know, we always like to think they'd run away from Jesus. He ran to Jesus. Uh, because because there was a he was this man incredibly infested, you know, by the demonic, and, and, and yet at the same time there was a vestige of humanity that was left in him, and that and that last hope of humanity that lived in that man, just just propelled him to hope, because he felt something shift, and here was this amazing thing that began to happen. That, that suddenly he was clothed and in his right mind. Then Jesus does this. He goes from that point and he says, there's a leader of the synagogue comes. And I want you to listen to this as we close. He says, this man, this name called Jairus, he was the leader of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home. His only daughter, who was only 12 years old, was dying. And so Jesus went with him. So Jesus is trundling along to Jairus' house. All the entourage is following He's the rabbi. He's got all of his followers, all of those kind of things. It's great. It's a great day. And then right in the midst of that, here's this woman. And, and she, the Bible describes that she has um, an issue of blood. I worked in a hospital for 12 years. My wife is a nurse, and I was doing administration and medical statistics and all of those kind of things. And, and so I understand a lot of these things. So she had a, a, a terrible time of it. But because she was Jewish, it was worse because she was always unclean. So that meant that her family could not touch her and she could not touch her family. Now for 12 years, she was isolated. They could see her from about a distance of about 30 yards, but they could never touch her. They would leave food for her and then they would withdraw from her. She would see maybe her grandchildren or a daughter or a son or maybe a husband even. And uh, she would see them at a distance. Maybe they'd call across because they were allowed to do that, but they weren't allowed to touch her. She would go and she suffered, it said, at the hands of physicians. Um, and, and Luke writing this, he, Luke was a physician. He was a doctor. And so he writes that from a perspective, a medical perspective. In fact, you'll find a lot of the miracles that are written down in Luke um, because he was a doctor. And so here he is saying suffering at the hands of, look, do you know that it's only been 100 years since they invented anesthetics? It's not long. 100 years is really not long because they used to take your appendix out without anesthetic. They used to chop your leg off without anesthetic. And, and so we, we've, we've made some cracking advances in, 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 in medical technology. It's just amazing. But this woman had none of those. But more than that, she was isolated and lonely and broken. But she had heard about Jesus and she saw the entourage coming along on his way to heal someone. There's a principle that runs through the Bible, which basically means clean and unclean. The Jewish people called it Tameh or Tehor. And that meant that she was unclean, but Jesus was clean. There was ritual processes and all of those kind of things. Remember the, 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 the marriage at Cana? 
So Jesus turned the water into wine. That was the water that they had to cleanse themselves in. They had to wash their forehead away from bad thoughts, their lips away from bad speech, their hands from anything they would have touched, and their feet from anywhere they've gone that they shouldn't have gone. And Jesus turned that religious ritual into joy because he said, wash in the wine if you want to. Anyway, that's another story for another day. But Jesus comes along now. Here's this amazing journey that, that he's on. This woman is unclean. She goes, I'm going to touch him. Bible says she said within herself, and she, she gets forward somehow. She is not allowed within about 30 yards of people. And so she's, she's, she's reaching out, and people are going, everybody knows she's there. Because everybody's trying to do the, the, the dance, you know, keeping away from her. Because if they get unclean, they have to go through a process of ritual to get clean again. And then this lady is there, she pushes through, and suddenly she gets right through to Jesus. Hi there, can you be Jesus for me? That'd be awesome. <laughs> And, and, and so uh, he sits right and he's like wearing this garment. I'm going to, are your jeans Levi's? Because they, if they were Levi's, they'd be incredibly holy. It's a high priestly tribe, you know. So we, we'll grab the Levi's anyway if they are. And he, she grabbed hold of the garment, possibly the tallit that was around Jesus as a rabbi. Um, because right on the corners of each of the tallit, it talks about a lot of the healing scriptures and all of those things. In fact, when they wrapped it around and they lifted it up, it comes that great verse, he will arise with healing in his wings because it looked like he had wings. And so she grabbed hold of that and then she took what she needed in faith and then withdrew knowing that power had gone into her and she was healed. Then Jesus does the dumbest thing a God could do. He stops and he goes, who touched me? And they, everybody knew who touched them because everybody knew the woman. And they go, no one touched you. And he goes, no, no, I know someone touched me. Who was it that touched me? Come on, who, you know, fess up. And they going, no, 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 you can't do that. You are going to Jairus's house, who is part of the priestly kind of deal. You're going to pray for his, sick, his daughter. If you confess that you have been touched by this woman, you are unclean and you won't be able to go anywhere near that house. Jesus insists and he goes, no, 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 I'm, I've been touched. I felt power go from me. So the woman comes trembling and says, that was me. And he just looks at her and goes, your faith's made you whole. Where you go. I love that, Jesus. Like, was, he's so good like that. He just would talk to people and go, where you go, live your life. No follow-up? Don't I get a phone call? No, 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 it's just follow me, not follow up. And so, and, and so they, she, she leaves. She'll have to go through about 10 days of waiting because she, she would, she would honour that. But she would call across to her family going, 10 days, not 12 years. I'm going to hold you again. And, and then she would do that. And then Jesus carries on. And everybody's really mad. Because, because Jesus now is unclean. It's like, it's like in, in New Zealand culture, we have, we have tapu or, or common. You know, things in, in Maori culture are, are either holy or they're unholy. They're tapu or common. Um, it's like when you're at school, it help you. Um, um, I pressed a kiss to her lips. A moment I did linger. Ran my fingers through her hair and a cootie bit me finger. You didn't want to sit beside that kid. You know, it's like, you know, they're unclean. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, okay. Some of you never went to school, obviously. But um, anyway, that, that's, that's good. And, and so he gets along to the house and they're going, 
you, you, you can't come in. But the worst news is, is, is that Jairus comes to him and says, Master, you can't come in. Rabbi, you can't come in. He goes, why not? Because he, he hasn't heard about the lady. He said, you can't come into my house because my daughter's dead. Can you, can you imagine that? He said, you can't come in now because he's dead. Why couldn't he come in? Because the house now was unclean. Jesus, you can't come in because you're a rabbi. You're clean. Jesus said, I fixed that. I'm coming. And he walked into the house and he said to the little girl, Talithia kum, little girl arise. And the play on words is astonishing. Jewish scholars says when he said, not Tabitha, you've got a daughter, um, sister called Tabitha, yeah. Tabitha, it's not Tabitha. He has a play on words to describe the talit that he was wearing. God will arise with healing in his wings. And this little girl, he took her hand and he lifted her up and she lived and her whole family rejoiced. And Jesus can take your and my uncleanness. He can outsmart any maneuver that the devil can make. And you think the devil's made in your life. And love wins every time. Every time. Because the father that looks down the road the moment you make a step toward him, whether you've never met him before or whether you've been on the way for 50 years, will run towards you to embrace you. And all I wanted to do this morning was tell you that story because there are people all around the world in churches that just need hope again. You've got great presence. You've got great worship. Now you've got great hope. Go and run with it. God bless. Awesome. Mm. Yeah, what an awesome word and an awesome heart. Um, we so so appreciate you, Ian, coming today and <laughs> sharing with us. Um, just as Ian was closing, just thinking about how um, his nature is the greatest virus that we could have in our life. You know, he is transferable. He overpowers. He is forever kind. He is a loving God that wants to infect our lives <laughs> and totally shift our world. This morning, um, I just want to give an opportunity for us to respond to the most incredible message of grace that we can do today. Let's just stand as a church. Let's just stand. <clears throat> I just want to give an opportunity uh, this morning for um, you to respond to love again. Um, maybe, uh, maybe it's again, maybe it's for the first time. Um, but God loves you like crazy, like madness. And He doesn't just stand on a mountaintop at a distance and say, there you are well done, you're awesome, but he wants to embrace your life. And as Ian was talking about this morning, he ran to the sun. And this morning, we're just going gonna, gonna to finish with a song here, but we're also, just before we do that, let's just close our eyes. Holy Spirit, we just, we thank you that you came, that you came to this life, this you came to my life. You came to our life. You, you came to this planet to reveal the nature of God and to lead us 
into truth, to comfort us, to be with us so that we wouldn't be alone. And we thank you for that today. We welcome your presence. We welcome your goodness. We welcome your comfort. We welcome your leading. We welcome the revelation of the Father's love to us today. This morning, church, if you're here today for the, and maybe for the first time you want to step into His love and embrace the fact that Jesus died for you so that you can live in this amazing relationship with God, if that's you today or you just want to walk back into the Father's embrace, just walk back into His goodness and know His goodness, if that's you today, I want to invite you up to the front right now. Just, I just invite you just to respond to His love here. I know Ian would love to pray with you. We would love to just minister into your life. Minister His wholeness into your goodness, into His, His goodness into your life. If that's you here this morning, then we welcome you right now. Right now in this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, we love you, God. Just as we sing this, you're welcome to respond this morning. Thanks, Mitch. Oh, he is faithful and he is glorious and he is Jesus and all my hope is in him he is freedom and he is healing right now he is hope and joy and love and peace and love oh he is faithful and he is glorious and he is Jesus and all my hope is in him he is freedom and he is healing right now Jesus and all my hope 
seen a light. I have seen a light like the break of dawn, giving blind men sight, letting lame men walk. I see a generation with resurrection life. We are the generation filled with the power of Christ. And our song, it will be out of the darkness we goodness, Lord, that, that, that when the ark went to the house of Obed-Edom, his life was rocked. We thank you for rocking our lives, Lord, continually. Yes, God, we say yes to you again, 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 and again, and again today, God. You're so good. Mm. Yeah, Lord, and I just pray for this church. I declare your blessing over every life and family here today, God. I thank you for your strength and health. Lord, for your strength emotionally, Lord. Lord, physically, Lord, I just thank you for financial breakthrough, Lord, where people are contending. Lord, we thank you for a promotion, Lord. Lord, for those who are in business, Lord, we thank you for strategies being released, God. Thank you, Lord, that you're with us in your awesome name. Amen. Hey, go on and have a fantastic Sunday and a great week. Enjoy some coffee out the back. And um, we'll look forward to seeing you during the week and next Sunday.